0: Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We're back with new episodes in 2017, telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics across the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, and if you'd like to get involved with Diabetics Doing Things, all you have to do is shoot me an email or reach out via Instagram. What's up, everybody? Rob Howe here. Uh, Just wanted to throw some gratitude your way this afternoon because we just crossed over 25,000 downloads all time for Diabetics Doing Things. And I owe that all to you. So thank you guys so much for listening. It totally makes my day whenever you tell me that the podcast has affected you positively in some way. So keep listening. I appreciate you to the max. All right, let's get back to the episode.
1: All right, welcome back to Diabetics Doing Things. Uh, We're back with more episodes in 2017, and you can subscribe in the iTunes app. Uh, my guest today is Veronica Urbanowitz, uh calling from New York, uh, New York. So well uh, welcome to the show, Veronica.
2: Thank you.
1: And uh we're really glad and excited to have you on today. Um how would you give our listeners a little bit of background on uh you and your journey with type one?
2: Okay. I'm currently thirty years old and I was diagnosed when I was seventeen. I was a senior in high school. Um, I felt pretty sick um, for a few years, actually, and I would always complain to my mom that I wasn't feeling well, and then finally, one day, she took me to the doctors, um, and they thought I had mono, so it was no big deal, and then we got the phone call the next day that it was type 1 diabetes, and I had to go to the hospital.
1: So, wow, uh, yeah, 17. I actually was diagnosed when I was 16, so right around, around
2: the Oh, wow.
1: Um. And yeah, I'm I'm sure that presented sort of some unique challenges for you, um, uh, you know, as you know, like a senior in high school, you said, kind of adjusting your life yeah. and, um at a very uh key like transitional point. What was that like?
2: Yeah, it was a huge adjustment. Um growing up, obviously more than half my life, living a normal life. And then this just happened. I had no idea what diabetes even was when I was diagnosed and a lot of my friends acted like it was no big deal either. You know, they were saying, oh, you're going to be fine. Um, I just really had no idea what lied ahead of me. So it was pretty scary.
1: And, I mean, for a lot of people, I think that is the experience. Um, and, you, you know, it's something that you only know about casually or passively until you, uh, until it kind of comes into your life. Uh, what was right. that experience like for you? And, uh, at you know, when you had to go into the hospital, um, you know, did you feel like you – uh, had enough information or did you feel encouraged about the possibilities or was it just sort of a lot of
2: information at once? It was definitely terrifying. Like I said, I really had no idea what diabetes was. My thought was, okay, I'm going to the hospital and I'll be out tomorrow. But when I got there, there was at least 15 people in my room poking me and shoving pills down my throat, not really even explaining diabetes um until the next day, so I just was like, oh, this is no big deal, and then once I figured out I was going to be there um, for a week, then I realized, okay, this is a big deal.
1: Right, yeah, I I think, um, you know, and everyone's diagnosis story is different, I think, even uh, I was talking to some people the other day, uh, and a guy was diagnosed that, I think he was in his mid mid to late 20s. And they didn't even mm-hmm. they didn't even hospitalize them. So I think everyone sits oh, wow. depending on where and, and how old you are. Um and right, what yeah. doctor you're saying. So um <clears throat> did you have a moment in, in that, you know, while those fifteen people are in there kinda of poking you and, and giving you pills and you know you're sort of feeling overwhelmed. Um, you know, what was your state of mind? What did you feel like, um, you know, you know, thoughts and things going through your head in terms of, you know, what's my life gonna be like from here and um, was there a moment that you said, "Hey, like, I'm going to be fine"? Like this is, um, or or was it sort of a different experience for you?
2: Yeah, no, I was definitely, like I said, overwhelmed, and I felt very vulnerable. Um, I I didn't think that I was going to be okay. Once it like set in that I had a disease, um, an incurable disease, I definitely just felt so alone um, and just became depressed. So it wasn't, it wasn't
1: a fun time at all. And and I guess too, I think as you're coming through those moments and you're, um, you know, kind of starting from square one at age 17, uh, mm-hmm. how did you, how did you sort of move past that and kind of take a step forward just, just one day at a time? Uh, you know, were you able to get, uh, you know, resources or a good uh, doctor? Talk about kind of how we got from, you know, from day one to today.
2: Well, luckily, I did have an amazing doctor, um, but he did tell me literally one of the first things that he said to me was that there will never be a cure in your lifetime. So that definitely hit me pretty hard, knowing that I would have to live with this every single day for the rest of my life and nothing really to look forward to. But luckily, I have a great support system. My family um, is super amazing with all my ups and downs. So, they make it easier for me, but it it's still something you know that affects me obviously every single day and and not really in a good way
1: it's It's funny that to hear your doctor say that uh you know that you weren't that there wasn't going to be a cure in your lifetime because I think the bedside manner of doctors at diagnosis is always so different, and it makes like such a big difference right i remember <clears throat> this is and I was diagnosed. Uh, on January 1st, 2005, which I imagine is pretty close to the same time as yours. Okay. Was, like a year yeah. or so. And, yeah. Uh, and my doctors were, like, totally adamant to the opposite, that there was going to be a cure. It's oh, also, wow. So, so interesting to hear, like, you know, is it just that some doctors are optimists and some are more, like, pessimistic or realists? I don't know. I think right. It's, it's, an it's always interesting to see, like, the different experiences people have at diagnosis.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that um, I appreciated his honesty for sure, and in my opinion, I just don't think there ever will be a cure for diabetes, so I don't have an expectation for that, you know? so
1: Right, and like you said, I think it's, you know, it's something that you've got to deal with for better or worse every day. Right. So, and, you know, just accepting that from the get-go is an easy way to make sure that you're at least always in the right mindset.
2: Yeah, Totally.
1: Um, my, uh, I, I was diagnosed on New Year's Day. Like I said, uh, so my like diagnosis night was pretty eventful. Any uh, memorable moments from uh, from your actual diagnosis, or uh, you know anything in that sort of time frame that uh, that jogs stands out in your memory?
2: Well, I just remember I was actually getting ready for school when uh, my mom got the phone call from the doctor, and she was on the computer already looking up diabetes and things about diabetes and that stood out to me I just remember staring at the computer like what's going on you know like planning for a normal day and then all of a sudden you know I have to pack my bags to go to the hospital instead of school so my whole life changed.
1: Right and it's, it's kind of it's just all at once everything's like oh no put put everything on the has <laughs> got to deal with this. Right yeah. yeah. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about kind of life after. You mentioned that you didn't really have that much experience with diabetes beforehand. Uh, what was it like going back to school? You said, you know, your friends sort of were like, well, you're going to be okay. What was, uh, you know, your experience kind of there?
2: Um, well, I was going to day school, and then I actually had to start going to night school because I missed a lot of classes. Um, just trying to get into the regimen, and I had a lot of highs and lows after my diagnosis, just trying to figure out the right amount of insulin to take. So it affected my schooling for sure, and then I wasn't able to see most of my friends because they went to day school, but there was one kid in my night class who had diabetes as well, so um, that kind of helped me out because, you know, we were able to just link up and (laughs) be sad or happy about, you know, whether we were having a good day or not, so. I think that's
1: so essential, too, because um, for a long time, I didn't have any, um, even really acquaintances, not much less friends mm-hmm. or, uh, that were type 1, and that I talk right. to about, you know, different feelings or different struggles, and I think that the biggest thing for me since starting Diabetics Doing Things is getting to interact with, uh, diabetics from all over the world and you know we all have this one thing in common sort of right away um
2: yeah that
1: you know some people don't understand and it's it's really great to just be able to you know reach out with that really positive open community um and kind of and, enjoy and that so I think that's really that I took those really
2: just for granted early on
1: uh but now right my, you know, closest friends are, are type 1 diabetics
2: yeah it's pretty cool i mean even still talking to my friends this day i've had best friends for over 20 years and i'm like oh yeah my blood sugar was 30 and to them it's like a second language you know they they still don't understand what that means you know so having someone else that has diabetes it's just like you know a breath of fresh air sometimes
1: yeah it it makes you not feel so alone right So okay, so going forward, so you so you obviously you graduated from high school, um, and kind of uh, you know walk us through sort of the next steps in your journey. What was the you know where did things go from there?
2: Um, After high school, I did go to college, and I it took me some time. I went through a lot of um, hardships with the diabetes. Again, it it gave me a lot of anxiety to have, especially in college i was scared to test my blood sugar or get up to go to the bathroom so it took me three years to graduate because of you know the difficulties but i was super proud when i got there and even to this day it it gives me severe anxiety i actually um i go to therapy for it because i still feel so alone at times and even now i'm commuting for my job um, to manhattan and I get nervous on the train. I'm like, oh, is my blood sugar low? What's today going to be like? Because there's just so many move-ins happening. So it's still a battle for me, honestly.
1: Well, and like you said, it's it's just every day is so different. And um, you right. Know, you, you never know. You could eat the same thing at the same time and do the same activity, give the same insulin, and get totally different numbers some days. Um, yeah, no,
2: it's. I just feel like it's so unpredictable. Like every, like you said, you know, I do eat the same things every every morning. One day I'll wake up and have breakfast. It'll be a hundred after, and then the next day it'll be four hundred, or or sixty, or thirty. You know, it's just so unpredictable. It is, and it's
1: like being okay and getting to that point where you have that self-acceptance, where you're like, you know what, whatever my blood sugar is today, uh, you know, I'm just gonna try to take care of myself and make sure that I'm, you know, feeling good and uh, and kind of moving forward. It's, it's it's a battle sometimes, like you said, a very I right. A um, yeah, regardless
2: of what your blood sugar is, you still have to do your job. You st- you know, it's you still have to go on with your day, like with a smile on your face.
1: Definitely, and I think you know, for for me, you know, the way I like to look at it or explain it to uh, to people without diabetes, or um, you know, it's just adding another a, another layer to like every task you do throughout the day, like another, another exactly about making sure that you have you know enough insulin to get through the day, especially if you're commuting, and uh, you know, you right. make sure, if you're going to go to the gym, make sure you have glucose tabs or a Gatorade in your bag. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think all those things, like, play into it, and really it's just, like, being prepared becomes your, you know, your biggest ally throughout that process. Right. Uh, in that in that vein, um, is there anything that you sort of always carry with you when you're leaving the house? Uh, you know, especially living in, like, a big city and commuting, uh, I imagine it's, it's very important to be able to carry all your things on you.
2: Yeah, I actually, um, I have a backpack, and I wear it every single day. And I always carry my insulin, my meter. I always have fruit snacks, and apple juice is my go-to. That's
1: that's your go-to. Orange juice is mine. Yeah. See, I hate
2: I hate orange juice. They would give that to me in the hospital, and I'm like, no, like I'd rather my sugar go low. So yeah, apple juice is my go-to. No, no, that's
1: that's really funny. I think it's like everybody (laughs) has their perfect, ideal. Hypo or like low blood sugar. Key, <laughs> as it yeah. Um. So, uh, any? Uh, do you have any like high or low stories that, had, uh, that sort of stand out in your memory as sort of memorable, or uh, anything you know, different kind of crazy?
2: Um. I actually did go into DKA three years after I was diagnosed, and. I was on a different type of syringe, so I was like miscalculating, um, and I was on my living room floor throwing up for 24 hours straight. And then I just remember like yelling to my mom, I was like, I'm dying. I just I felt it, and she called 911. And the ambulance came as soon as I got into the hospital. um, The doctor said I was about like a half hour away literally from dying. And I was in ICU. Yeah, it was the scariest thing ever. Um, And then they put me in ICU for four days. I was unresponsive for two after that. and. They, I just remember them telling my mom, you know, she's so young. I don't know why she's not responding to all these medications we're giving her. Like that's how that's how close to death I was. So it was definitely an eye opener.
1: Yeah. Well, glad you're okay. And um, how did it, how did you yeah. sort of respond to make sure that you know, obviously, you know, recovering from something like that takes an, enough time as it is.
2: Yeah, you know, I just, I felt very blessed and lucky at that point in my life to have survived that, so I'm very much more cautious now with taking my blood sugar. I test at least 12 times a day.
1: Wow, so you're, you know, you really don't go very long without knowing what your blood sugar is.
2: No, never. Never.
1: That's good. I think, uh, you know, some of us, you know, for sure could learn a little bit from, from that discipline in terms of, you know, how often we test and making sure we always know where we are.
2: Right. Uh, how do
1: you uh, how do you treat your W? Uh, do you have a pump or do you do injections um, or do you do a mixture of the two?
2: Yeah, no, I'm still super old school and I just have the syringes. Um, I'm not really interested in the pump only because I see that it has the same difficulties as a syringe with the highs and the lows, um, and I'm not really sure if it's because I'd be uncomfortable to be wearing the pump, but I'm just yeah, super old school with the syringes still.
1: Yeah, I think that's like everybody's different, right? You gotta you gotta do what works for you. I know people with both yeah. schools, both schools of thought, right? Like some people that want like the automated and then want the pump, and then some people that are like, no, I'd rather have like not be connected to something <laughs> kind of it myself. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So how about
1: – I want to make sure we kind of focus on some other things too as well. Like how did, how did having and being diagnosed with diabetes at that, uh, you know, critical part of your life, um, how did that affect, like, the other areas of your life, like going to college and sort of like the discipline that it takes, you know, in your professional career and with your family and things like that? It
2: definitely just – Um, gave me a a routine I wasn't used to having as much of a routine and a set schedule for things and I'm just an on-the-go person as is and constantly like change so to get into a routine was um, a little bit harder for me but it's made me more mature and I think um, made me grow up as a person you know
1: Right. It's I so, I I'm continually amazed like even when I talk to younger kids with diabetes. Uh it kind of forces you to grow up uh because you know you have a, a list of things that you have to do or else uh you know, you can't live a healthy life. So I think that sort of what um you know even like 12, 13, 7, 9 year olds like it wakes them up and says, "Hey, like I'm responsible for my uh you know destiny and, and sort of makes them develop a routine and be little grown up.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> um. So, how did uh? I'm, I'm trying to think here. Uh, as, as you're going through and you're kind of recovering from, um, and you're going through the ups and downs. Like, did you have somebody like a either you know somebody in your family or a best friend or something that you know you're able to confide confide in? I know you have. You said you talk to a therapist now as well. Um, how important is it? to kind of not be alone through that process and be able to talk through those things?
2: I think it's um, one of the main importancies of having diabetes is to be able to have someone that you're able to talk to or else that's just it. You're going to feel alone forever. Even if they don't understand what you're going through, you're still able to talk to them so I do have um tons of friends now, thank God, that do have diabetes and I'm able to discuss things with and like I said my family is my number one supporter. They still don't understand things 100%, but just being able to discuss my my daily routine with them is amazing to me.
1: And and kind of I think I think that's, that's something that you know can't be really said enough and I think the support system and the willingness for other diabetics, even you know, if you don't know them personally, you know, through social media or through uh, different organizations like Beyond Type 1 or uh, T1 International, there's so many um, opportunities to talk to somebody. And you know, even just a right. conversation about, hey, you know what, I had a, I had struggled with my blood sugar yesterday, and um, you know, and and I, you know, I'm a I'm a diabetic, I have a diabetic podcast, you know, so it's like everybody, everybody struggles with it, and anybody that says that they don't, um, you know, they've either put themselves in a position where they're just, you know, you know, in their routine is working really well, or they're trying to sell you something, right? So, um, you know, diabetes, it's just a daily struggle, and, uh, you know, we're all kind of in it together. Yes. Um, so, if you, uh, if you had to go back, and, and you were going to go back today, and, um, you know, you, Say one thing to uh, you know, seventeen-year-old Veronica. What would you uh, What would you say?
2: <laughs> Just be more aware of your body and more cautious about things. When I was seventeen, I was out with my friends all the time. I was drinking, going to parties, you know, clubs. Um, so I definitely would have to say that. I would have taken it a lot more easy um, and just acted like a 17-year-old, not an adult at that time.
1: Right. And, and, and you know, throwing diabetes into that mix can be kind of difficult as well. And even, even if you like, get older and go into, like, college and you're sort of learning a lot of things about yourself and um, kind of deciding who you are, and having diabetes at that time, especially if it's new, can be very challenging. yeah um did you uh, did you experience any of that as you were you know going to college and kind of making your own decisions and um you know having to you know think about your blood sugar and diabetes at the same time?
2: well, yeah, I mean personally, I feel like I went from like seventeen to seventy <laughs> you know i I stopped drinking, I stopped doing you know all the things that I was doing prior um which I kind of still regret because I feel like. I should have been living my life still, but uh, you know, I just I couldn't do it because obviously my health comes before anything.
1: Right, and I think it's a tough balance. Like, uh, you know, if you don't have your health, what do you have, right? And uh, right, you know, right. Time you want to have a, a, you know, be young and have fun. So, and that's I think a tough thing for some friends to understand too. Is like, you know, sometimes you yeah, want, you <laughs> want to do something, but. Um, you know there's more at stake or you know there's there's too many variables that don't really mix with having type 1
2: yeah exactly
1: what about um, what about if you're gonna say like somebody who's being diagnosed with diabetes today and in, in a similar situation um, anything that you would say to them uh, you know whether you know uh, words of encouragement or any something that maybe helped you along the way
2: I would say just stay strong and reach out to people as much as you can, that's what I did, and I still continue to do this day. Thank God for social media because I'm able to read other people's stories and not feel like I just had the worst day. So I would definitely say, you know create your own support system and get familiar with it
1: uh and you know what resources do you do you find that uh that help you in the day to day um that, uh, you know, as you were looking and creating that support system for yourself, uh, you know, what, what places did you find it?
2: Instagram is my number one. That's where I've connected the most with other diabetics and their stories. Um, Even just seeing, you know, people posting their, their blood sugars. I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one that had a high today. So I don't feel that alone.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think Instagram has been so cool. Um, A very like tight knit, community of people, and yeah a lot of cool stories to tell and, and you know really open and vulnerable and and honest and like we all have, like we said we all have that secret thing in common that's uh you know that we all tested our blood sugar five to twelve times today you know, so <laughs> right far. um and you know diabetes is kind of a grind and it's kind of gross and it's always got you know needles or blood and uh it's nice to see kind of the other side of a little bit of personality and story by. Uh, Did I you? still there?
2: No, I'm still here.
1: Fantastic. So, um, what what's next for you? Um, you know, as you're, uh, you know, you said like you said you're 30, and um, you know, as you look for you know goals for yourself in your life with diabetes, uh, you know, what do you what are you hopeful for?
2: Oh, um, honestly, I'm just I'm hopeful to be happy one day with this disease because I'm still not there. I'm still battling it. Um I'm still embarrassed by it at times, you know. I there's days that I don't want to deal with it, but I have to. So, for the future, I just hope that there's there's one day where I'm 100% like okay, this this is it, you know.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that's so, you know, it's uh like I like to say like the hard thing about hard things like it's a difficult thing and there's really no blueprint for it um right. no instructions to you know that sort of acceptance but yeah you know I really hope right. that, um I really hope for that for you that you do find um you know some sort of uh you know comfort there and um you know that the the community the diabetes community can uh, you know somehow help and, and be a part of that with you and that, you know, that you can yeah. help somebody else find theirs as well. I think that's the other cool part. Right. How much inspiration I get from hearing other people's stories on a daily basis. Um, yeah, that
2: does make me feel good, you know, when, when others reach out to me and especially a complete strangers. So I'm like, okay, I helped someone today. You know, it's pretty awesome.
1: It is. And it's easy to just give those words of encouragement and and easy to just say, hey, you know, this, you know, keep it up or, uh, you know, awesome. And I think the, um, like you said, it's a personal touch, even just from strangers. It's really, really nice. Yeah. Um, well, as we sort of start to wrap up the interview, um, anything, any other thoughts that you have, or uh, that you, you know, really want to to tell people about sort of your journey with with Type One, and, um, and and also, you know, how can they get in touch with you via, you know, Instagram or any any other channel.
2: Yeah, I mean if there's one thing I have to say, just keep on keeping on, you know. And if anyone wants to reach out, has any questions or wants to share their story, they can reach me via Instagram at V Bomb. V-E-E-B-O-M-Z.
1: Perfect. And we'll definitely plug your uh your Instagram through the uh uh through the public you know when we publish this show and everything. So um that'll be fantastic. Awesome.
2: Yeah, thank you so much.
1: Well, yeah, Brian, thank you so much for your time and opening up and telling your story. Um, really appreciate it. I think um, you know I'm really excited when we get to publish this, and thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much again. Have a good day. Hey, you too. Thank you.
2: Thanks.
0: Thanks again for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. I'm going to try a new thing. I'm going to start sending out a Friday newsletter with just my thoughts for the week and some questions that you guys have asked either on social media or that you emailed me. So if you want to do that, just subscribe on the website, diabeticsdoingthings.com. See you again next time.